You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. I'm going to begin today with a story. Years ago, this was 1982, I was filming an open for the original Gospel Bill show, not the ones you saw on TV. These didn't make it to TV, but locally here in Tulsa and only for a brief period of time. But it was our first open, and I wanted a shot of me on a horse. Now, my dad was a professional rodeo cowboy, so I grew up around horses and rode a little bit. And uh, anyway, uh, there was a kind of a dude ranch here on the edge of town where you could go and ride horses and so forth. And I'd done it before. But these horses, uh, most of them were the kind that um, uh, didn't want to be ridden, and uh, they would turn around, try to go back to the barn, and uh, the only time they would run at all is when they were headed back to the barn. But if you were going away from the barn, you couldn't get them to go. I wanted to be on a horse that could flat out run. And so I told the guys at the stable, I said, give me a really spirited horse. I want something that can really run, and I need the bridle to look old. And I don't need nylon reins. I've got to have leather reins, and I've got to have a saddle that looks old. And so they rigged me up, and they put me on a spirited horse, and we went out to film. Well, I rode away from the stable in a walk, and then we're going to take off running. Well, I spurred that horse, and he took off. (laughs) I mean, he could go. And I thought, what have I gotten myself into? But I thought, you know, I've done this before. And I pulled up on the reins. And I know, I don't care what kind of horse it is, you can start controlling him when you've got a bridle in his mouth. You look at those bucking horses in the professional rodeo, they don't have bridles in their mouths. That's the reason that they buck what they do. They may have a, a halter on them, but it's not a bridle. There's not a bit in their mouth, or you could control them. You could break them down. And uh, so they want them to buck. I didn't want this horse to buck, and I didn't want him to run. So I'm pulling up, but keep in mind, I told him, get me a really old bridle with the leather reins. The reins snapped in my hands. So I'm riding this horse who's at a dead run. I have one rein, and I'm afraid to pull in on, on it too tight because if I pull on it, it's going to bust. The other one did. I've got the other rein in my hand, and it just totally came off. And so the horse runs up over this pond dam and down the hill toward the pond, and man, I know what's coming. He's going to throw me over the the saddle horn right over his head into that pond. So I prepared for it. I leaned back, put my feet into the stirrups, pushed him forward as far as I could. Sure enough, he throws on the brakes right at the edge of the water, and, uh, and he stops. And he stopped long enough for me to bail off that horse and uh, said, you know what, we got to do something different. And so I did not use that opening shot of me riding that out-of-control horse and and those broken leather reins. Uh, The bridle has an amazing effect on a horse. And so what I experienced that day was even though we had a bridle on the horse, I couldn't control it. I couldn't use it to full effect. And because I couldn't use it to full effect, I had no control over the horse. Now, I want to read to you from James chapter 3, verses 2 through 8, and this is 26 translations. We all make many a slip, but whoever avoids slips of speech has a character that is fully developed and is able to control the whole body as well. 
Now, if we put horses' bridles into their mouths that they may obey us, we control the rest of their bodies also. Now, you think about this. You're talking about an animal who's getting close to 1,000 pounds, and so you're able to control the amazing force of that animal, so much so that we talk about our cars and their strength as horsepower and their engines. We describe it in horsepower. And so it's amazing how much power this horse has, but you can control the whole thing with a bridle. So this bridle is a very small thing compared to the overall strength of that horse, but there is a sensitive spot in the roof of the mouth of the horse that will allow you to control him if you know how to use the bridle. That's the illustration that James is using here. Look at the ships also. Though they are so great and are driven by strong winds, they are controlled by a very small rudder in whatever direction the will of the man at the helm determines. So with the tongue. Now here's the idea. James says your body has amazingly strong desires, incredibly strong desires, but your body can be managed through the tongue. The tongue is the key to managing your body. It is a small member, but it can boast of great exploits. What a huge stack of timber can be set ablaze by the tiniest spark, and the tongue is like a spark. Among the members of our body, it proves itself a very world of mischief. It contaminates the whole body. Here's what James is saying. He is saying that your tongue controls your world. Therefore, you have to find a way to bridle your tongue or to direct your tongue. And you cannot do this in your own strength. In fact, the scripture says the tongue can no man tame. So you by yourself, no matter what you say, you don't have a vocabulary to control your tongue. But the good news is God does. God can help you control your tongue. So when God spoke to Joshua about leading the children of Israel, and it was important for him not to give place to fear, you can imagine the opportunity for fear to come into Joshua because Moses has led the children of Israel for 40 years. He's now gone. He's dead. And it's up to Joshua to take up where Moses left off and to do something that Moses did not do, was not able to do, and that is to take them into the land of Canaan. So this is what God said to him. This, pay attention to this. Verse 8, Joshua 1, New King James Version. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Notice, he didn't say heart. He didn't say this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Now, if we were to interview even believers and ask them the question, what's most important, heart or mouth? Most people would say, 99% would say heart. Heart's far more important than mouth. That is not what the scripture says. See, God doesn't think the way that you think. God doesn't think the way that I think. His thoughts are not our thoughts. They're higher than our thoughts. God knows how to control 
and to release the power of your heart, and it is through your mouth. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. Now, we think of meditation as a total inward thing, something that happens with the mind and the heart. But the Scripture teaches that meditation actually begins with the mouth. Now, how does that work? Let me explain. You cannot think about something totally different than what you were speaking at over a period of time. When you are speaking something over and again, it will eventually occupy your mind totally. It will grab your mind. There are times when you want to sit and think about God and your mind does not want to go there. But when you begin to speak Scripture out loud, it will control your mind, it will subjugate your mind, take your mind to that place of devotion that your inner man really wants to go. So this is why God said to Joshua, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you will meditate therein day and night. And then notice what he says next, that you may observe to do according to everything that is written in it. In other words, you will not be able to do the Word of God if you don't meditate the Word of God. The reason people can't follow the commands of God and do what God says, they don't meditate. And they don't meditate because they never speak. Speaking is what leads to the control of your flesh. That's why we come to Christ with a word that we speak. Romans 10, 9. The, the scriptures in the New Testament that spell it out. When I was a little kid, I asked my grandma, Grandma, how can I know I'm going to heaven? How can I know? Uh, and she said, honey, just believe. Just believe. I said, Grandma, I do believe. But she did not know how to explain this to me. If someone had said to me what Romans 10, 9 teaches us to do, I could have been saved seven, eight years before I actually received Christ. Here's what it says, that if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, or you say with your mouth, Jesus is my Lord, and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. The Apostle Paul in Romans, in those two verses, Romans 10, 9, and 10, puts what we do with our mouths on the same level as what we do with our hearts. And you can't take that away. That is Scripture. You don't want to argue with that. Your mouth is the tool by which you will control your outward man. Now, God changes worlds by the things that He says. So let me show you something that illustrates this perfectly. This is Genesis chapter 17. God wants to change the life of Abraham. He wants to give him a son a miracle son. Abraham is 99 years old when God does this. Pay attention. Genesis 17, 1. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless. And I will make my covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. 
Then Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, for I have made you a father of many nations. God says, I want you to call yourself Abraham. No longer shall you be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. God changed everything in that verse. How did he do it? He gave Abraham a tool. He put a tool into him through his mouth. Same thing happens with Sarah, verse 15. Then God said to Abraham, As for Sarah, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai. That was her first name, Sarai, which means my princess. It's what a dad would say to his only daughter, my my little princess. But God said to Sarah, Your name will be Sarah. I will bless her, also give you a son by her. Then I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of peoples shall be of her. So when God wanted to change the direction of the lives of Abraham and Sarah, what did he do? Gave him something to say. It is the tongue that steers you in the direction that you need to go. But you don't put just anything into your tongue. You speak what God says. When you begin to speak what God says, you change your desires, you suppress desires of the flesh, and you exalt and elevate the desires of the Spirit. Wow. What would happen if we learned how to say, I follow God. I am not confused. I know His voice. The voice of a stranger I refuse to hear. I do not fear. Fear has no place in me. It would be amazing if we would just spend a little time every day repeating and reminding ourselves of what he has said. That's where the strength is. It's in the bridle, and you have one. I want to thank you for watching our podcast today. And if you really liked it, would you please give us a little thumbs up by clicking on that sign down below? And then I would encourage you to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any of our future podcasts because they're all going to be good. And if you would like to support us financially, either with a one-time gift or recurring gift, you can do that by clicking on the link below or going to myfaithroots.com. Thank you so much for watching this program. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.